Inside Access with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. Your master's and bachelor's goals haven't changed and neither has Stevenson University's online commitment to you. Visit online.stevenson.edu. 105.7, The Fan. Ken Wyman is making his way to one winning drive. Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, Ronnie Stanley will be on the podium. So Kenny's going to be coming back at 5. We got a very interesting TMI coming up at 3.15. Brian Baldinger joining us at 3.30. But Ravens, Saints, Monday Night Football. This is the Ravens' final currently scheduled primetime game. And what better place to do it than New Orleans? And joining us right now is Bobby Bear, former Pro Bowl quarterback for the Saints. Now he is a radio sports talk host for WWL Radio. Bobby, what's going on? Oh, uh, well, getting ready for Monday Night Football. But before things first, you know, around here, uh, they love the Saints, but they love their LSU Tigers. And with Nick Saban and Alabama coming mm. down, that that's going to be pretty crazy uh, Saturday night. So, uh, boy, just a great weekend of football. And then uh, come Monday night, uh, you know, the Saints are made uh, for prime time. If not, a lot of that was Drew Brees and uh, Sean Payton. If you look at uh, what they've done in prime time games, they're like the third winningest uh, franchise in, in prime time uh, of the top of my head. I want to say the Patriots. I can't think of the other team. But uh, they've been pretty successful. And like I said, I think a lot of that had to do with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, though. <laughs> well, Drew Brees not uh, going through the tunnel at the Superdome. Andy Dalton is there. Ravens are very familiar with him from his time in Cincinnati. And he's been their quarterback uh, ever since Jameis Winston went down with an injury and Jameis since has been benched. Uh, what's made Dalton more efficient in this offense than Jameis? Well, he, he's just better. I mean, I, uh, I don't want to say, I don't know if smarter is the right word, uh, but he just knows how to play the position. He has a calm about him. Now, this is what I think. With Jameis, you can have more upside, like splash plays, mm-hmm. chunk plays, but then you'll have more downside. I think uh, with Pete Carmichael, because it is Sean Payton's offense, it's more steady Eddie uh, with Andy Dalton, and it's just more consistent. Like, I think at times, I don't know whether it's pre-snap read or, or reading the coverage, uh, like Jamin, Jameis never really even grasped how to utilize uh, Alvin Kamara. Well, that's one thing Andy Dalton knows, to get the ball in Alvin Kamara's hands, you know, yards after the catch. And, uh, the, you know, so it's just those little things uh, like that, and the Saints finally played a complete game. I mean, mm-hmm. the Raiders were third in the league in scoring, and they scored zero points. So, But if you look at it, I mean, it was truly a team victory against uh, the Raiders shutting them out, you know, 24-0. to They had uh, finally, you know, they've been amongst the best uh, sag getters as of late uh, under Dennis Allen, who's now the head coach, you know, the last, you know, three or four years. Well, they had a season-high four sacks. Uh, the great Devontae Adams, you know, uh, with Derek Carr, with yeah. the college together, you think, I thought without Lattimore, I said, oh, he is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to stop. It might be like Jamar Chase. He'll have at least 130, 150 yards receiving. He had one catch for three yards. And they just tackled better. Uh, looking at the offense, didn't commit a turnover for only the second time this season. Uh, you know, they got 27 penalty yards uh, with the lowest of the season. Dalton completed 73% of his passes. Quarterback rating 117. 
So it just went on and on. And the offensive line played better. The Raiders, they, they failed to even record a single yeah. quarterback hit in the game, much less a sack. It's almost a complete game against the Raiders now. The fans around here, the that Nation, they wanted to build upon that against the Ravens, where traditionally the Ravens have always had, I would say, you know what's a good matchup? This has not been a good matchup for the Saints. You know, Sean Payton and Drew Brees have beaten everyone, but they finally beat the Ravens at one time. I want to say when Justin Tucker, who never misses, missed an extra point, and the Saints lucked out, uh, you know, with that game in Baltimore. But uh, it'll be significant if the Saints can come away to uh, win against Baltimore. Because I think, uh, you know, you got to go on a roll. And who knows, right now, eight and nine, nine and eight, sure. are going to win the NFC South. And uh, I think that they truly can beat the Ravens on Monday night, what is like two and a half, three point underdog. I think they'll take care of business next week against the Steelers. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're feeling pretty good about yourself and you have like three victories in a row. One of the things that, as we've been sort of breaking down their defense, that really stood out to me is, and I know Waller didn't play in that game Sunday. Um, right. So they didn't have their number one tight end, but the Saints, the, the, like you could throw to running backs and tight ends against them all you want, but Davis and those guys just eliminate them, and that's the thing. The, the thing the Ravens do more than anybody else is throw the ball to tight ends, and I don't think Andrews is going to play in this game, um, but that's the way Lamar usually likes to go, and I just wonder about the matchup from that side because where the Saints have seemed vulnerable, like you said, you thought Adams would go off, so did I. I had the over, um, but the Ravens don't really have the types of receivers right now with Bateman out that you have to worry about downfield yeah and uh one promising young guy that they drafted uh alante taylor like was outstanding he has a swagger but a lot of more is the guy uh that they counting on but you know who's really stepped up and uh, y'all we wanted the saints to get roquan smith Mm. i i think he's just a flat-out stud about as good as it gets so that'll be interesting to see how uh, i'm not saying he's the second coming to ray lewis but he's pretty damn good uh, and, and so the Saints are definitely concerned uh, with that. But if you look at uh, a guy they're really excited about is, uh, well, he's been a tackling machine, Pete Warner, mm-hmm. uh, the linebacker from Ohio State alongside Demario Davis. So he's been amongst uh, the leaders, individual tackles from the get-go. He was leading, I want to say, after the first three games and, and halfway point in the season. He's in, I know I think he's in the top five for sure. But uh, they've been disappointed because this team was structured. There's no more Drew Brees and all that. And to have a top 10 defense, and they have not had a top 10 defense, has been middle of the pack, but they've had a top 10 offense. You know what I mean? Scoring the thing that's been killing them is that they're turning over the football. You can't be dead last in the the turnover margin. Come on. You're not going to beat anyone. So that in penalties has really uh, hurt them. And uh, just going by performance, uh, Andy Doan, they're scoring points. They're scoring yeah. in the high 20s. Uh, they're moving uh, the ball. And it's just, uh, it, you know, it's like this. I think if the Ravens are plus one, they win the game. If the Saints are plus one, that they're, they're, they're going to win. I think sometimes you look at parity and competition, it truly comes down to that. You know, fans get tired of hearing that. Well, I don't know. If we protect the football, we can take it away. I think we got a great chance to win. We're speaking to Bobby Bear, former Saints quarterback, current host at WWL Radio. And, Bobby, you mentioned the offense, top 10 unit, rookie Chris Olave. He's having a great season so far. Uh, what have you seen out of him? Did you expect this out of the rookie? 
Yeah, he, he he looked like he belonged uh, from the get-go. But what's crazy about it, that's another thing. Andy Dalton's been having success without Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Michael Thomas, uh, boy, he looked like he was ready to roll. And then I, I, I don't know. People say, man, come on, what, he got a hurt toe? I said, yeah, you can't run if you right. have that turf toe so bad. People don't realize it. So, no, just, no, he can't run jump. So not having Michael Thomas, not having Jarvis Landry, uh, I think when they come back, Kane's double team everyone. Chris Olave would be even better, but he stepped up. He looks like a, a legitimate, per, legitimate first round draft pick where they took him. And Andy's gotten him the ball. He's been uh, a go to guy. Uh, and then, uh, and like I say, with Alvin Kamara, but uh, the offensive line has been up and down. Everybody's dealing with injuries. We were snake bit, I think, a lot like Baltimore uh, last year. I'm going to say maybe the Titans. And you look at the 49ers, but that that's kind of also coming to this year where they haven't had all hands on deck, uh, you know, and, and that's why I think you've seen uh, some of the inconsistency that they put forth. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'll be – if they beat the Ravens, I think it would be an upset uh, right now where, where, where they're at, where the team's at. But if they play the kind of games against, against the Raiders, I think that's what it would take again to beat a team like Baltimore. He's Bobby Bear, former Saints quarterback, current – radio talk show host at WWL Radio. Bobby, thanks so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. It looks like uh, it's going to be like summer. Here we are in, the vent in November. We expect some fall weather, uh, but it's more like the humidity. It's more like 80-something degrees. So oh, it's boy, man. Right yeah. It's always perfect in the dome. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, talk to you all later. Thank thanks, you. Enjoy Bobby. the game. We got Brian Baldinger joining us at the bottom of the hour. How does Roquan Smith fit into this defense? Baldy's going to tell us, but coming up next, it's TMI. If you haven't seen this viral video of Eagles fans, this couple proposal, go to our Twitter, IA1057TheFan is how you find us. It's one of the weirder proposals that you'll ever see. Funny idea, but... A lot of questions, and it got, it got thoughts on some proposals. And while I am far from an expert, I have some <laughs> strong opinions on it. That's next on Inside Access. Inside Access with Jason Ken. Hot takes from the guy behind the glass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. Jason, as you know, I am the authority on relationships. I am the authority on proposals, all of that. And before we get into this Philly proposal, throwing it out there to the people, 410-583-1057, what is the weirdest, most out there way that you've seen a friend propose to someone or you've proposed to someone just... The scenery, location, are you putting it in food? 410-583-1057. Give us a ring. We'll take your call before we jump to Brian Balding. Bone, I feel like this is an extension of a conversation we had a few weeks back about millennials. Well, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say the growth of... The cottage industry of these videos about what gender you're, what are they called? Gender reveals. Gender reveals, yeah. And then we had Cordell talking about how engagement, like engagement parties. parties have just turned into a whole another money making opportunity and social media um, made for social media type moments. Um, I've always found 
the proposal at a sporting event thing to be. I mean, stupid. It was a cliche. It was a cliche in the mid '80s. It's it's I, beyond I ridiculous it. now. I hate it. You're putting way too much pressure on the person that you're proposing. It's not original. To. There's no. It's not original. I mean, it's, it's not romantic. It's just no. stupid. That that's my thing. People doing it at Times Square. People doing it at the Magic Kingdom at Disney. Mickey Mouse does not give a flying bleep about you proposing. Truth, Don't do it in public. That is my... Or proposing on Valentine's Day. It's stupid. Not a fan of it. But if you missed it, this happened the other day. They shotgun the beers. Is this the one you're talking about? In Philly, yes. We retweeted it. IA1057, the fan, really on all of our accounts. Jason's, Ken's, mine. So you see the video of this couple... Shotgunning beers, which, if I'm being critical, it took way too long for them. And then the guy, yes, look, foremost authority on shotgunning beers and proposing. The guy finished before the girl, and then he immediately gets down on one knee. Chivalry ain't dead, hon. (laughs) Chivalry ain't dead, hon. The girl finished, and then she looks down. I think she thinks it's a joke because, bro, like... just shotgunned a beer. There's a lot of questions that I have. I would assume this. Jason, you've obviously proposed. proposed once. You've been with your Don't ever plan on doing it again. Did you run by how you were going to propose to your friends, to to her, uh, Lauren's dad? You're running it by someone, I'm assuming. Yes. The friends let this guy down because he he was probably hammered at a bar at 2 a.m. So that... Well, he might have just said to her parents, hey, I'm going to propose to whatever, Becky or whatever her name is. I don't think he told Hal. You You don't have to tell Hal. I I did, but you don't have to. You don't have to, but did you tell your friends? Well, it was say Hal. We were having, at my parents' house, they were having people over for uh, Christmas Eve, which was a tradition in the house, and Lauren's parents were going to come over, and I was going to propose. So everyone knew, except for Lauren, and at a certain point, I got her out on the front porch. I think she said, hey, let's look at Patterson Park. It's all lit up, whatever. And then I, you know, I kind of like, well, look over there. And then I got down on one knee on oh, the porch. And, that's um, and then we came inside and everybody's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> um, so that had a, you know, there was a group yeah. participation element in that. I'm cool with that. Uh, everyone knew you Yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. I mean, and I mean, I'm I was cool pretty confident what the answer was going to be. Sure. Um, and I don't think she was... I think she knew we were in the vicinity of it happening. You know what I mean? Like whether it, like that holiday season was that like was I going to pop the question or whatever? Like I, I think internally she probably figured by the start of the new year it was going to happen. So yeah, that that's mine. But yeah, I don't. I, I but I mean to like broadcast it or have somebody filming it or all that. That's just I, it doesn't. I don't, it's not me. I it's just don't, it's too much. It's tacky and, and really doing the extravagant thing. Like how about the the plane flyover? Just just any crazy thing like that. Not into it. I just think more. I mean, there family. probably would be a cute way to do it. Like I don't know if you somehow. Like, we're going to a beach and somehow have, like, a message in a bottle? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, that's... Like, I, I mean, there probably are creative ways to do it if you really put your mind to it. Are you a fan of the ring and the food or ring no. and the wine glass? No. No, I'm not. I feel like that's a cliche. That's yeah. become a, a played-out subplot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it shows up in the mashed potatoes or whatever. Yeah. I, I. That does nothing for me. And I, I, don't, I don't think it would do a whole lot for a lot of gals. No. I do not think so. Well, speaking of gals, uh, Nancy is in Elkridge. Nancy, you're on the fan. Hi. I, you just cut down on my engaged, but my fiancé put 
my ring in a champagne glass, and I, it was on my tongue before I realized it was there. So we were lucky I realized it at that point and did not swallow it. You didn't freak out? I, I freaked out a little bit. Because I mean, it, I'd be worried I'm about to swallow this. Like, what is this, and am I going to swallow it? We're, yeah, very fortunate, no swallowing. I mean, at that point, Nancy, it's like, yeah, you're surprised. It's cool. And, and thanks for the call. But like, I, I think you're like weird emotion. Like you, she it didn't takes seem to love it. To... Like she, Nancy did not seem to love that. That was the approach <laughs> yeah, it that take, it takes you her soon to be like, husband chose. Yeah. I, I'm just, you know, and get down on class. one knee, uh, you know, someplace like maybe your first like date or go to a park or that's something like I, I just. Yeah, I, I don't think that ring should be anywhere near a mouth. No. Uh, or even have the potential to get in a mouth. Let's take one more call. Dennis is in Dundalk. Dennis, you're on the fan. How you doing, guys? Hey there. Um, so I went skydiving. Oh, and, um When I landed on the ground, uh, my wife, now wife, was uh, in the middle of the field with the family and everything. And I got on, down on one knee and proposed to her. and She said, yeah. <laughs> that was 11 years ago. Nice. That's that's cool. awesome. No, yeah, that's cool. That's, a, I that's, I mean, that's yeah. That's memorable that. and like that's a cool setup. Yeah. I'm down with that. That's that's definitely a cool setup. Is Dennis still with us? Did he then put no, it? Did he did he put it on social media? Or he's gone? No, he's gone. Well, 11 years ago at this, I mean, social media yeah. was still kind of. I think I got on Twitter in 09. So yeah, that would have been within th- the. That's the other thing is a lot of these proposals you're having like professional photographers. Oh no, it's clearly set up. Like yeah. it's there's people there to document it from multiple angles. Which again, I just I don't I don't know. I, I, there's so much that happens. Like be in the moment, stay present. I don't even like taking selfies. Like I can't imagine people walking around with a selfie stick. You know what I mean? Just mm. showing their regular crap. Or here's like I'm not big on the talk, but it somehow it got on my Twitter timeline. I guess that there's this like uh, genre of people who like the whole thing is their daily routine. Like they post these videos of themselves waking up in the morning well, and making their breakfast, and then like here, and then I do like a little snippet of me doing my yoga, and then me like like trimming my garden. Like I don't there, give the f for you. Who cares? There's, I can't believe people watch this stuff. There's this new uh, social media platform that came out. It's it's called Be Real, where it, there's it rotates the time of day. So let's just say it's three twenty four. You're supposed to take a picture of what you're doing. You're being real with your life. So if you're at work, you're in a cubicle. But what's it's really the, real of it if it's a pre-programmed dude, stunt that dude, you're going to share with other people? I'm there. I'm with you. I don't understand it. But Brian Baldinger, he's going to help us understand. I, Bal- I don't know if Baldy's ever proposed. I think, I, think, I think multiple women have probably proposed to Baldy over the years. Baldy's definitely old-fashioned. Man. Baldy he's is not- to the greater Philadelphia area what Stone Cold Feltz is to the greater Baltimore area. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, well. Brian Baldinger breaks down the tape as well as anyone. How does Roquan Smith fit into this Ravens defense? Isaiah Likely, what's his role moving forward in this Ravens offense? Baldy is going to tell us next. It's Inside Access. We're taking up until 6 on the fan. Inside Access on the fan. The one station with inside access to all Baltimore sports. 105.7 The Fan. Ravens 
have one final game before entering their bye week. That is coming on Monday night. They take on the Saints at the Superdome. And Roquan Smith, he's going to make his Ravens debut. And joining us now is Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. He's the host of the Odyssey original podcast in the huddle with Jason Lockenfora and Carl Dukes covering the entire NFL. And Baldy, let's get right into it. Uh, Eric DaCosta, he was aggressive at the trade deadline, bringing in Roquan Smith. How does he fit into this Ravens defense? Well, I always think that, you know, any defense that has a really fast middle linebacker just looks fast. Now, you combine him with Patrick Queen, Mm -hmm. they may be the fastest duo in the league right now if they play together and how much they play together, we'll see. But, you know, Mike McDonald likes to blitz. You know, Patrick Queen has benefited by that. I think Roquan is, is better in coverage than Patrick, so you might see him cover some of the more elite backs or tight ends in this league when it comes time to doing that stuff. But, you know, they just added a great deal of speed and playmaking ability to their defense. Well, Baldy, the last time we talked to you was just before kickoff of the Ravens game against the Bucks, and obviously that was a tale of two halves. You know, a lot of passes in the first half going nowhere, about 4.5 per attempt, and then the run game was absolutely uh, dominant, obviously, in the second half, and Lamar didn't miss a throw. I guess just sort of your takeaways from that game and, and where you think the Ravens are overall right now. Well, I, I feel like they're an improving team right now, Jason. I, I feel like, you know, they've been well coached. I feel like the offensive line has come together. Stanley makes a big difference. You know, Tyler Lindenbaum is playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. He played really well against uh, Tampa. I mean, they couldn't – they ran for 200 yards in the second half. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that just doesn't happen in the NFL. But, you know, Lindenbaum's ability to get to the second level blocked Evan White. Uh, Stanley, you know, at, at the left tackle position, we know that they've been cobbling that together for quite a while now. I mean, that looked like it was a real strength for the first time. So, you know – they, they got they got to their identity, Jason. They they played to their identity, and they blew the Bucks out. So, um, you know, I think that it's really the, you know the next game up, and this this game coming up with New Orleans, I think could be one of the more difficult games that they have on the schedule. Tyler Linderbaum, he shined as a rookie on Thursday Night Football. So did Isaiah Likely. Mark Andrews, he played only ten snaps, pressed Isaiah Likely into action. Uh, Baldy, do you expect the Ravens to implement more two tight end sets in the second half of the year? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, you know, down distance is going to determine a lot of it. Uh, Patrick Ricard's got his role, you know, as kind of like the uh, the F back, yeah. the H back right there. So they 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 certainly have that package, um, it, but it's just going to be dependent. If they find themselves down fourteen points in the fourth quarter, you're not going to see it. Probably, but I do think that with Likely and Andrews, you know, they're both very good in the middle of the field. Uh, I think they're good after the catch. Andrews is an elite player in this league, and, and Likely is learning his and learning his way through it. So I can see certainly those kind of packages. Although I'm not so sure that blocking is a strength of either one of those. So I don't know that you want to put two tight ends whose strength isn't at the point of attack at the point of attack. So it's kind of how you got to use yeah. it right now. And Baldy, this news actually just broke. Rashad Bateman, he is done for the season. He's going to yeah. undergo Liz Frank surgery on his foot. And 
The status of this Ravens receiving core, we, we expect Deshaun Jackson to make his Ravens debut on Monday night, but your concern level for that group? Well, it's a concern. You know, I mean, okay, maybe you're right about two tight ends. If, you know, you got Devin DuVernay, a James Prochet, and now, you know, Deshaun Jackson, um, you know, I mean, look, I've always joked with Deshaun. I've known him since he came in the league in 2008. I said, when you're 40, you're still going to be fast. I mean, the guy's still fast. Got a stride that opens up like almost nobody else in his business. Now, how do you get the ball to him? I mean, you can't just throw go routes. It's a low percentage throw. Um, you know, whether it's comebacks, fly sweeps. With the Rams, when they did use him last year, before they brought in Odell Beckham, I mean, there was a couple games where he really influenced the game and broke it wide open. I think maybe the early Tampa Bay game last mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, and now he hasn't played in a while. But I know he wanted to keep playing. He knows John Harbaugh. He was on that staff. John was on the staff in Philly when Deshaun was drafted. So John certainly knows what he can do. Um, I think they're getting a more mature Deshaun Jackson than maybe you know people who saw at some point during his career. Uh, I think he real, realizes this is the twilight. But um, he had had he has had injury concerns. We'll see what kind of shape he's in. But I think he can only help. Uh, the offense right now in light of what we just have heard about Rashad. Baldy, you mentioned Saints' tough matchup. Um, We've been kind of digging away at them day by day here. One of the things that stands out to me is they eliminate tight end and the running back. If you try to implement the running back and the tight ends in the passing game, their linebackers seem to pretty much eliminate them. And when they're they're vulnerable as some elite receivers getting deep on them, especially with Lattimore out, but as we just qualified, the Ravens, you know, not a whole lot of there there at wide receiver right now. Um, what do you think of the Saints? I didn't think they were going to shut the Raiders out. I thought that game was going over. Um, wh- where where do they uh, match well, up best against these guys? Yeah, you know, they're they're a talented team, Jason. I mean, they just are. They, they've got guys that have played in playoff games. They've got big time players, and so they all stepped up. Whether it was Cam Jordan, Alvin Kamara, you know, they all they all stepped up the other day. The the, the surprise really was the position you talked about, Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. They started the rookie, Alante Taylor, for the second time, and he lined up over Devontae Adams most of the day. Devontae Adams had one catch for three yards. Now, you can say that's Raiders' design, but they stopped the running game of the Raiders, which had been very, very powerful, with Josh Jacobs in three previous weeks. They looked like the Saints team I was expecting. for. I think it was the first time all year, Jason. You can go back and fact-check it, but – I think it's the first game that they didn't turn the ball over. They're last in the league mm-hmm. turnover ratio. You know, and it, and it comes from a lot of different areas, just not the quarterback. So, you know, when they don't turn the ball over, they're a really good football team. And when you get the ball to Alvin Kamara, they're a really good football team. And, you know, he, he caught 100 yards of passes and two touchdowns last week. He's a dynamic player. He presents a lot of issues. The offense line is sound. They're very sturdy. they got the interior three with, with Ruiz back in there and McCoy. Um, you know, they're, they're really good on the offensive line. And when they don't turn it over, they're a good football team. And so I think the Ravens are going to see a team that, look, if they're going to turn this thing around to three and five, nobody's talking about them. But I, I know that team. And I know that city and playing in that building. Like, they can turn that around last week. And you never know when a team is going to begin stacking wins. And I feel like maybe that win last week is where it starts for the Saints. I kind of wondered if Taysom Hill would go away when Sean Payton went away, but that that ain't the case, is it? No, it isn't. He's got a vital role. Um, 
you know, he, look, he, he can throw it. We all know he can throw it. So it adds to his role that you have to treat him as a quarterback uh, when he's in that wildcat role or when he's on the field. You got to know that he can throw it from anywhere and he can throw it really well at times. So, you know, but, but his, uh, you know, he's, he's, when you see him, Jason, and you stand up next to him, I mean, he's 230 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big guy. He's very solid. He's a very good runner. He runs through contact, um, you know, and so how they implement him, you got to be prepared for him. You got to have a, you know, you better have your checks, you know, when he's on the field and whatever roles you on the field, it isn't always a wildcat. So, you know, you got to, you know, you got to do your homework and your preparation this week on how they use him because he is a vital part to this offense. But, you know, Alave is really good. He's a great route runner. You know, you've got to account for him. So they've got a, a lot of personnel and a lot of personnel packages that you better be prepared for. He's Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Make sure to follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Baldy, thanks as always. Thanks, brother. Yep, my, my pleasure, guys. Talk to you next week. Yeah, you buddy. got it. Breaking news, if you missed it, Rashad Bateman done for the season. He is going to undergo Liz Frank surgery. What does that mean for this Ravens offense moving forward? Can these Ravens receivers step up and help fill the void? We'll get into that on the other side. It's Inside Access. We're taking up until 6 on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. Inside Access with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 105.7 The Fan. One announcement on the uh, personnel injury front. Uh, Rashad Bateman has decided to go ahead and get a surgery for his, uh, for his foot. Um, he's going to get the Liz Frank uh, surgery. It was one of those ones where it was up to him. He and his agent and his family talked it over, and they decided to be in his best interest to do that. So we support him on that. We understand what he's doing. That's Coach John Harbaugh with the unfortunate news. Second-year receiver, first-round pick, Rashad Bateman, done for the year and John Harbaugh he said initially that Bateman would be out a few weeks he said in that cut Bateman his agent his family they all opted for the season ending surgery Liz Frank it's a serious surgery Jason and this is a huge blow to the Ravens offense I mean look the reality is you know that I knew on Sunday that this was probably coming season ending surgery um, I knew it was on the table. We opened the show Monday. I said, you're not going to see Rashad Bateman for a long, long time. And I don't think you're going to see him again this year. So that's well before the trade deadline. I knew before I knew Sunday afternoon. So they knew, right? They knew then, and he was going to go for a second opinion and he did. But the likelihood of that second opinion, putting Rashad Bateman in a, in a position where he's going to try to play through that the odds of that happening were, were slim at best. And we got into it with Gigi a little bit after the Roquan Smith trade because I kept saying, you can't be half pregnant now. You've done all these things to mismanage receiver. Receiver, to me, is even a bigger need than inside linebacker, especially this isn't a guy who's going to get you double-digit sacks. He's, I mean, he's got a couple of interceptions. Is he? Is he going to be that dominant in coverage? I don't know. We'll see. He has to be. But if I'm slinging around second round picks 
I kept saying, now go get Jerry Judy. I'd rather get Jerry Judy who's controllable because I know, so they had to know, Bateman's not playing this year, and Bateman will be coming off a season-ending surgery next year, and Bateman's hardly played any football since before COVID hit. Right? Because he didn't play much that season. Like, he hadn't played a lot of football lately. So they chose to do what they did, knowing that they have the second worst at best receiving room in the league. And now it's Deshaun Jackson time. And Ken Wyman, he is at the castle right now, so we'll get the update with Kenny at 5 o'clock. But diving deeper into this, John Harbaugh said that there's a good possibility that Deshaun Jackson will be elevated on <laughs> he Monday. better be! And John Harbaugh also said he expects Tyus Bowser to play Monday. But back to the Bateman injury, and said during training camp, it was a very, very young receiving room. You had five guys at that time. All five of them were draft picks, year three or younger. We were saying, well, four. I should say four of those guys were draft picks. We thought that an undrafted guy was going to make it in the fifth spot. They opted to bring in Demarcus Robinson. There was no contingency plan because, said all along, if Bateman goes down, this is a serious issue. And the worst possible situation ended up playing out, Jason. And now this offense, we're all confident in Devin Duvernay, who's by default now, he's going to have a major role. I mean, there's no way around it now. He is their number one receiver. But beyond that, it is Isaiah likely is going to have to be a de facto receiver now, more so than he had been. it's a huge, huge, huge concern right now. Uh, T-Bone, they have 61 receptions this year from their wide receivers combined. That's 30th in the NFL. The only teams that have fewer are Chicago Bears who don't throw the football. And the Tennessee Titans, who've played seven games while you've played eight. They've already had their bye. 790 receiving yards combined from the Ravens wide receivers. That's 30th in the NFL, ahead of only Chicago and Tennessee. 97 targets to wide receivers, 31st in the NFL. Um, you're now at a point in time where your most accomplished receiver hasn't played a game this year and wasn't all that effective last year. That would be Deshaun Jackson. Your most accomplished player who's on your active roster right now and has played a game for you is Demarcus Robinson, who should be a spare part. And my concern, even above and beyond all that, is if you now reach a scenario where, because you got nothing on the outside, you got to start putting Duvernay. Like Duvernay, if they ever just gave Duvernay a serious run in the slot, I think they could be onto something. But last year he got blocked by Sammy Watkins. This year they've started to lean into it, but they now they got no bodies on the outside either. I don't know. I, I don't know. And maybe he's he's on the outside, and and Deshaun's in the slot more often than not. Um, I said all along. For me, likely he's not a tight end. He's a wide receiver. Isaiah likely might have to be split out wide as a wide receiver um, with Andrews in the slot on one side and Duvernay on the other. But we still got a lot of football to play. And I don't know that Deshaun Jackson's durability has been an issue forever. And Robinson's not a guy who should be taking regular reps. You mentioned Jerry Judy, and there's been a lot of reports that the Broncos wanted a second-round pick and then a mid-pick. That That's what you gave up for Roquan Smith. So yeah. it, you're talking about an offensive player, defensive player. Roquan Smith, let's be honest, he's a much more accomplished player than Jerry Judy. But the 
pressing need was at receiver. And if you were going to take a swing there at the trade deadline, and you said we knew this on Sunday. They knew yeah, I put it, it in a, I put it in a text yes. string with you. I had to be careful how I presented <laughs> yes. it on air until yes. these guys went ahead and made it official. But yeah. like, I came in Monday saying they know that Rashad Bateman is not in their short term plans, and he's probably not in their plans at all this year. Like that's the reality, and this is how they chose to address it. Again, Kim Wyman, he is at the castle right now. We will. He's going to be coming back to the station at five. We'll get the latest from him. But if you missed it, Rashad Bateman, he is done for the season. He is undergoing Liz Frank surgery that will end his 2022. Coming up next, Bucky Brooks works for NFL Network. We'll get his thoughts. Can this Ravens receiving group hold up (laughs) without Rashad Bateman? We'll also get more into the trade deadline with Bucky as well. It's inside access. We're taking up until 6 on the fan. Inside Access.